Hello, everybody. You got Massey Compulsy with Self Evident Podcast, and I got the coolest chick on the planet. She is amazing. I hope you don't mind I said chick because you're cool. So. Heidi is probably one of the coolest people I know, and I saw her at a convention that we did, and I was like really excited about it. And so this is Heidi St. John, everyone. And Heidi St. John, could you just say hi, tell everybody who you are, what you do, why you do what you do? Hey, yeah. So uh, I've been speaking to audiences for probably, I don't know, 15 years or so. Uh, I am passionate about talking about where faith and culture intersect and really teaching Christians to uh, apply God's word and the principle of his word to every aspect of your life. So in other words, uh, our faith should speak. It should be it should speak into politics. In other words, like I'm one of the one, one of those uh, few Christians who, you know, eight years ago was super involved in politics. And when Trump ran in 2016, you know, I endorsed him in 2016 because I understand we're voting for a worldview uh, and not for a personality. And just trying to get churches and Christians in particular to engage the culture. So medicine, politics, education, parenting, uh, our faith should speak everywhere. And so that's really what I've been doing. It's what I'm passionate about. And that's kind of how I met you. <laughs> yeah. Well, here, let's 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 start this off because this was cool. I, I I'm you know, I, I consider myself pretty boisterous. I think I'm pretty outgoing. I think when when we speak, there's like this fire that comes up because it's literally I can't stop it. You know, I. You, you try to stop and try to calm down, but sometimes it gets so passionate in your heart where it's like, Lord, I have nothing else to give these people except my heart. That, yeah. that, that silence has gotten us to this point. I was talking to someone today. Compromise has got us to this point. It's like, you know, you got to compromise here and there, dude. Probably the worst thing you can do is compromise. And so, you know, you, you see the issues going on, especially schools. This is why you encourage moms to homeschool. And I know you're a big source for, for homeschooling mothers and things like that because, you, you know, you've had a pretty... And you're still homeschooling. Am I not mistaken on that? Yeah. So Jay and I have seven children. Uh, our oldest daughter is almost 30 and the youngest is nine. So I'm still uh, definitely in the homeschool mode over here. At a girl. And that's so right <laughs> there. You know exactly what it's going to take as a mother for your children. And the problem is ignorance is bliss. We love ignorance in a lot of ways. And um, one of the things I wanted to talk about, as the title says, you know, basically, we're going to get to the heart of the nation. Um, everybody, and we've heard this for years, right? Every election. Oh, my gosh. If we don't elect this person, it's going to be the end of the world. Oh, my gosh. If we don't elect George Bush, it's literally spells the end of America. If we don't elect Obama, oh, my gosh. It's the end of America. Look, the heart of America is in the hands of God. But if we're the ones inactive, don't complain about what you tolerate. What say you? Oh, yeah. I mean, really, we're talking about a whole generation of believers who don't know how they don't know how their faith should impact the culture in any way. And so right. if you bring something up to them and you, and it and it steps outside the four walls of their church, they're terrified. Right. So, exactly. it's just, you know, I don't know. I don't know how my how does my faith, you know, work in the public school system? How can I bring my faith? You know, this whole lie of separation of church and state, which girl. the church, the church bought it hook, line and sinker. And so what did we do in the 70s and 80s? And what did we do in the 90s? Well, we told our you know, I was told by my parents, you know, we don't mix politics and Christianity don't mix, you know, uh, separation of church and state. What a lie from the pit of hell. When you guys can read separation of church and state and God's word, get back to me. But until then. What I read in the word is that our faith, that God's word said, my word has been given you. It's useful for everything. It has it has uh, help and wisdom and encouragement and truth for everything pertaining to life and godliness. And it doesn't preclude any of those topics that are so uh, seen as so divisive in the church today. So to me, uh, it's getting first parents off the bench and onto the battlefield and then saying, this is how you got to train your kids. You can't not talk about these things with your kids because you can't pass on what you don't possess. And so uh, looking at this generation of parents, you know, I've been saying for a long time, and this is kind of where I started talking at FPA, where I think you and I met, uh, Massey was just to say to parents, listen, you, if we can't pass on, we don't possess then it stands to reason that this is a very special generation of parents and they are shepherding a very, very special generation of children. And we mm -hmm. can see the damage now of a whole generation of kids who have not been shepherded. 
Amen. And guys, we, we comment where you are from. I love doing this. Comment where you're from. Comment where you're listening from. And ask your questions because I really want to get involved with asking her questions. I mean, her time is very precious uh, as all of us is. But I, I just do. There's a lot of gold here that you guys are going to start listening to and hearing. And it's going to prod you to action. It just has to. One thing I love about the Spirit of God is when you have love in your heart, it can't but prod you to action. I can't but shut up about his love because he's so amazing. But yeah. His word stands true and his word corrects. And we need that right now, especially in a nation. But what's encouraging is a lot of pulpits that I've been to, a lot of places I've been to, Heidi, um, they're starting to preach Second Chronicles 7.14. I think you know, it's like it's kind of because it's on their doorstep now. And this is something we've been yeah. warning about for years. It got yeah, on yeah. your doorstep. We, we tried to prevent this from happening. But to me, what I love is this isn't darkness being there, there's not any more darkness than there used to be. We're praying for the kingdom of God coming on earth, and now he's exposing the darkness. And, you know, yeah. when you were talking the other day about, you know, we see gay marriage and we see all these things and uh, churches trying to conform to the world rather than the world conform to the gospel. There's something wrong with that. Uh, and, yeah. and what happens is you, you dilute the gospel, which has no effect, but the gospel's supernatural. You can't make it into natural terms. And what is it that you do when you go out and speak at these events? What is it that you bring as far as the gospel? But not only the gospel, it, uh, it the word applies today. What say yeah. you to people who say, man, this is antiquated, dude. That stuff don't work anymore. As a matter of fact, I, I've been seeing a lot of the RNC glorifying the Lord. That's good. But for years, I heard conservatives say, bro, you're too Christian. I, 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 can't, I can't get on a podcast right now, honestly, on any show at all, because people are saying, dude, you're too Christian for our podcast. But then I go to the church and they're like, you're too political for our church. So it's, it's yeah. kind of been this, this weird line that we run. But what we're saying is laws come from God. Rights come from the Lord, yeah. not you. Yeah. And so yeah. where do you see this fitting into the current culture right now? Well, I think that's kind of interesting, too, when you say, you know, rights come from God. The, the amazing thing about the Constitution of the United States is that it affirms that. So the Constitution isn't saying, you know, we gave you your rights. The Constitution is affirming that your rights came from God. Well, why doesn't the Absolutely. church back this up? Why doesn't the church go, yeah, that's right. You know, why aren't we Why aren't we having mm -hmm. this conversation? Well, it's because we bought the lie years ago that there are, there are certain topics that the church should not wade into. Mm -hmm. And Absolutely. that's not true. Uh, that's not true. That wasn't the message of the Apostle Peter. It wasn't the message of the Apostle Paul. It certainly wasn't the message of Jesus who took his message everywhere. And when we talk to young people today in particular, and I spend a lot of time talking to young parents yeah. and they want to shield their kids, like let's shield you from uh, the dangers that are in the world today. And the way that you are shielded Straight is up. by, just, yeah, it's, you just withdraw. Let's just withdraw. So, you know, we'll take our kids out of the public school system and we'll homeschool them and that will keep them safe. Uh, then nothing could be further from the truth, right? Absolutely. Because I, and I've been speaking to homeschool parents forever and ever. Amen. I believe in homeschooling. I'm a homeschool yep. mom myself, but homeschooling is not the gospel. It's That's not exactly. the gospel. <laughs> Social justice is not the gospel. Uh, I was reading the other day and I, I kind of pulled it up. I got, oh man, I don't know if you saw this, Massey, but I got so upset. I saw this, um, this statement come out. Uh, from a company called BioLogos, a Christian statement on science for pandemic times. And I read this thing, and it was what I, I like to call sloppy agape, which is what we right. see coming out of the church today, right? So, let, you know, so they're giving all these verses, you know, uh, they get to the end of their big sloppy agape statement, and then they say, therefore, because of our faith in Jesus Christ, we will, according to 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 to 17, wear masks. Therefore, because of our faith in Jesus, and according to Matthew 25, uh, Matthew 25, 31 through 36, we'll get vaccinated. So I took my children first and then my podcast audience uh, and I, I printed off the scripture. I'm like, okay, here it is. Come so on, here's, Matthew, here's Matthew 25. So let's look at Matthew 25 for just a minute, shall we? This is so fun. This is what the progressive wing of Christianity is exactly. doing to the church. It's like an infection. It's like we, it's like we, it's like the church has a fever. And mm -hmm. no one's addressing Completely it because agree. we don't want to we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. So this is what Matthew chapter 25 says, uh, verse starting in verse 31. It says, when the son of man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered in his presence and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at his right hand and the goats at his left. I'm going to stop right there because this is where they start saying that uh, this is a verse that says you have to be vaccinated. So the implication is if you decide not to get vaccinated god's going to separate you and you're going to be a goat that's it the first nothing thing to do with it 
nothing to do, right? So verse 34, then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry. Now listen to the manipulation uh, that these people are doing. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty. You gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. I needed a vaccine and you, oh no, it doesn't say that. That's right. See what's happening. What's happening is this gross misuse of scripture because the church, frankly, and I, I, a lot of my friends are pastors. The church has done a terrible job of equipping today's saints to actually know how God's Come word on. is relevant to the culture Bring right it. now. Uh, the Bible says that the grass is going to wither and the flower is going to fade, but the word of God will stand forever. It's never relevant than it is right now. And unless and until we start talking about things that are happening in the culture in real time and stop using this kind of disgusting manipulation to twist for the sake of uh, of an agenda, because that's really all it is. If you looked at the, so I went and looked at the BioLogos website, dude, Massey, right. I'm serious. I was coming out of my skin. The guy right. that's at the head of this website, BioLogos, is also working for the National Institute for Health and is also working with uh, Fauci. They stand to make millions and millions of dollars off of a vaccine. Of course. So you can't tell me, and I'm not here, I'm not here to say, you know, to argue the merits of the vaccine. I will say I think it's stupid, but that's not my point. My point is Christians need to stop being so gullible and saying, well, that guy quoted Matthew 25, so maybe God wants me to be vaccinated. No, open the Bible and read it for yourself. And exactly. parents, you've got to start reading the word of God for yourself. Stop listening to these progressive authors and bloggers and pastors and so-called Christian leaders and the editors at, at Christianity Today, which is a garbage um, magazine as far as I'm seriously. concerned. And get back to what does God's word say? You know, these guys, the other thing, I think the other thing, I'm so sorry, I'm talking too fast. But the other thing. No, 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 no. Do your thing. It just super grieved me was they were saying uh, that because we're uh, disciples of Jesus, because of our faith in Jesus, we're going to correct misinformation. They say we have to listen to the health authorities. What they don't say is that there are plenty of people with PhDs and medical doctors and emergency room physicians and virologists who disagree with them. Right? Exactly. So they don't they, they don't bring any of that stuff into it. Instead, they just lay out the scripture. They talk about social justice, and we've replaced the actual gospel with the gospel of social justice. And I'm always 100%. telling parents, listen, this social justice warrioring garbage that we're doing in the culture right now. If you follow the gospel of Jesus Christ, social justice and justice itself is the natural end working of the gospel. Thank it you. brings justice. God is a God of justice. We don't need your garbage social justice that's to exactly preclude right. the gospel. But yet that's what's happening. And it's happening again because we don't know God's word. Thank you very much to an entire generation or two or three of pastors who started preaching the prosperity gospel rather than the gospel that says that God is both a God of love and mercy and justice, but he's also a God of wrath and judgment. All of these things encompass the creator of the universe, but we stopped teaching that decades ago. And 100%. now we're really paying for it. So it it super grieves me. So I travel across the country trying to say to people, listen, your faith should be a faith that speaks. It should speak to the issues of the day. You can say that God uh, is against homosexuality because he is right. His word clearly states that homosexuality is sin. But, hey, let's not let's not forget to say he's also against heterosexuals who are totally sinning, which we've given them a pass in the church for, you know, for generations. So the guy who said he was gay, boy, we're going to kick that guy out, run him out on a rail. But the guy who says he's a Christian sleep with his girlfriend on the weekends, we sort of gave him a pass. Well, now what's happening? We're paying for it. No, so we got to keep our eye on the ball. And that's that's where it's at. I think one of the problems is church has become government. We've taken a doctrine into our yep. own hands saying if we can regulate sin, then everything will be fine in our church. Government says if we can regulate the feeding of the poor, the taking care of the sick, your safety. Bro, safety, the health of people is a byproduct of liberty. If you let people live according to their conscience, you will be safe because we take care of our neighbor. We love our neighbors ourselves. We'll see these problems come through. And so like I tell people all the time, especially when I go into colleges, Dude, we spent twenty, at least $25 trillion now on the war on poverty, and it has not made it better. It's made it worse. Do you know why? Because it's not supernatural. We can't. And besides, Christ even said, the poor you will always have with you. You cannot eradicate certain things. Sin will never be eradicated until he comes back, until it's, we're in his kingdom. And so what we're doing is we're feeding into this narrative, especially like this is, and, and, and I pray ministers are watching right now, and, and, and listen to me close. <clears throat> You cannot let the world dictate what you're supposed to do as a Christian. I am so tired 
of seeing on Facebook, well, Christians wouldn't do that. And every single atheist I've ever talked to that says, that's not very Christian. Okay, show me in scripture. And they'll say, well, I don't know. I don't read scripture. Then how are you telling me what a Christian is? And that's been the biggest problem right now is that since we don't know, since we're not rooted and foundational, since we cherry pick the scripture, like in Titus 3, 1 Peter 2, uh, in Romans 13, when we cherry pick these scriptures and say, see, we're supposed to obey authorities. Listen, why don't we read the rest of Romans 13 where it says, oh, no man, anything but to love one another. And then he says, yes. for this thou shalt not kill. But what about if government yes. does it? Thou shalt not steal. Yes. Well, what if the government's doing it through taxation? Because they're stealing yes. money, dude. And they're oh, spending man. it. For, you know, there's so much going on. Even in Titus yeah. 3, it's like, if possible, I'm supposed to be obedient to all government for his sake. What's going on now is not his sake. Like, here's, no. here, here's, here's where I'm at with current politics. And this is what frustrates me about it. I think when you study the law, I've studied the Constitution so much, Declaration, I've studied the Founders' writings, I've studied... Federalist papers, anti-federalist papers, all these things. I'm getting tired of voting for pro-life issues because for 50 years we've been voting for that and nothing's changed. And it's frustrating to me where it's like, okay, and, and, and I'm, I'm challenging President Trump on this because obviously I'm going to vote for the dude because he's right. literally, he's, he's fighting for the nation. But let me challenge you on something. You'll threaten to stop funding for the USPS, but you have a literal abortion mill killing babies at the tune of a thousand at least a day. And it's like, okay, we have the authority, we have the ability right now because life is in God's hands, that it's his, that he says that we have the right to life because he said it, right? Now it's time for the Christian to stand behind President Trump because, dude, when this stuff starts happening, he's going to get even more flack and we're going to take it with oh. him. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And, and here it comes. But here's where we're at. In, 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 in all the stuff that I read, especially in scripture, comment on this, would you? Name one prophet that didn't confront a king. It's our job to confront the kings. It's our job to go against government when they're becoming unruly, when they leave off the, the, the word of the Lord, when they don't study the things of God, when they become tyrannical against the people. As a matter of fact, in Isaiah 10, he says, Woe unto those that decree unrighteous decrees and prescribe grievances for my people. That's exactly, yeah. just right now, our Martin County just passed the mask mandate without any vote. Really, they didn't even listen to us. They said, we're going to listen to the doctors. They passed new regulations and didn't even post them, which... Now is the time for us to really get involved as a church. What say you? What can we do locally to get involved? Because it's these counties that think that they're God and they're not. Well, and what I think is interesting, too, is what a gross misunderstanding of Romans 13 in the church right now. Right. Thank so you. keep hearing people say, oh, Romans 13, obey the government, obey the government. I had a young mother say this to me the other day. She's like, Heidi, I don't understand why you're so upset about the mask mandate. I'm like, are you serious? You can't see beyond this. She's like, totally. it's just a mask. I said, okay, so the, when do you draw the line? If they make you put a mask on your two-month-old child, you're going to say, no, I'm not doing that, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw Romans 13 at you. So the truth is, these people are saying Romans 13, but it's only because they haven't been pushed to their breaking point yet, right? That's exactly right. So, it hasn't affected uh, them. That's exactly right. Or they don't understand this this unconstitutional overreach that these uh, that these governors have taken. Uh, really, they're overusing their authority, right? So they're using 100%. this the uh, emergency powers that they've been given. And they're, it's not about flattening the curve. It's about flattening the nation. And anybody with their eyes in their head can see it right now. But what really grieves me about Romans 13 is, okay, so my family just, and this is where I saw you, we were just on the road for a whole month. And I uh, got a book on the founding documents in our nation. So it was mm -hmm. awesome. We read the founding documents to our kids. We read letters that uh, John Adams wrote to his wife. We read uh, like just tons and tons of documents Isn't it out awesome? loud. It's so amazing. Oh, and it's awesome. I just like, Dude, you guys, the, the modern church are just a bunch of hypocrites. Because if if these guys were alive today, the modern day pastors would be Romans 13 and them, and we would have never had a revolutionary war. That's because exactly that's what they right. were doing. They were going against they were going against the King of England. They were like, no, dude, no taxation without representation. No, you can't come over here and do this. No, we don't think this is right. And yet today, the church in its hypocrisy will say, Well, you can't stand up against a mask mandate because Romans 13, you got to close your church because of Romans 13. Well, answer me this then, riddle me this, church. Why have you been sending uh, missionaries over to China for for hundreds of years, knowing full well that the Chinese government doesn't want you there, that you're going against Thank their you. uh, their governing authorities? Why weren't you screaming Romans 13 then? You're just 100%. doing it now because you're afraid. So there's this fear in our churches, this lack of understanding about the constitutional republic that we live in. Like we don't live in a democracy. We live in a republic if we can keep it. And then these these pastors and these Christians who don't know God's word, and so they're falling into line like a bunch of sheep who are unwilling. There's a reason why Jesus called us sheep. 
right? And so I don't know, what, what is worse? It is, is it worse to not have a shepherd or is it worse to have a shepherd that's leading you into uh, off a cliff? And that's what we're seeing happen right now. And so, exactly. man, I'm just like, wake up. We got this massive problem when it comes to interpreting uh, Romans 13. And frankly, you know, I've been watching Jack Hibbs for a while now and uh, Rob McCoy, I just spoke at his church right before the Rona. That was the last church that I was at. And then there's another church I saw in California. You guys are being charged $5,000 every time they open their doors and sing. Yeah, I think he's, I think he's up to 10 wow. right now. He's up to 10,000 right now. And you know it's what? Crazy. It's going to take, this is where it becomes the, the, the true duty of the church. Because we've been saying that for a long time. The same thing you just said. It's funny how we'll send people to missionary, as missionaries to foreign countries that'll kill them for being a Christian. But we won't take a stand here for the rights. Even when John Adams said, he said, you have rights given to you before all earthly governments. Rights that cannot be, re listen, rights that cannot be repealed or restrained by human laws. Rights given to us by the great legislator of the universe. There's a lot in that statement that no man, no human law, William Blackstone said the same thing. No law that is contrary to God's law can be law. And I, yeah. I think we, since we don't know that, we're like, well, wait a minute. If they can just pass anything arbitrarily, well, shoot. They must know exactly what, because, you know, again, Romans 13, every ordinance, God ordains the authority. No, 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 no. He ordained the authority, not the person in that position. That's we need right. to get those people right in those positions and know who we're voting for. Because, you know, it's yep. funny. Bribery is some funny, crazy stuff, dude. It's funny how people are blaming President Trump for the last four years, but they themselves have been in a Congress for 50 and even the Republican Congress, I'm sorry, I got to say this, they I sat know. back while he was taking the shots. They yeah, sat yeah. back when he was moving forward, which I don't like executive orders. I don't want yeah. a president to, to write edicts from the from the bench, but he's he's yeah, done a lot yeah. to 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 reduce yeah. or or take back a lot of the executive orders. But it's like right now we're seeing where people are like, yeah, we're for you, man. Second Amendment. Baloney. And here's the yeah. time where it's like I cannot compromise. Now, here's the hope. Everywhere I go, Heidi, everywhere I go. I'm just seeing kids light up, man. Um, you know, I was, I was in a school in, in Michigan here just recently. Um, on Constitution Day, I think it was a couple of years ago. And these kids stayed for three hours. I had 52 minutes to speak. And they stayed for three and a half hours. And it was the principal that gave me a hug. And she was the one saying, I'm going to stop. I, I know if, if you talk about God, I have the right to stop you. And, I, I referenced uh, Article 8 of their state constitution that says that religion and morality and knowledge are supposed to be going through the schools. They're supposed to be taught through the schools. It's in their constitution. So she let me speak because of that. It's still in there, in their constitution. And what happens is we don't go into public schools because we don't know that. And we can that's go into right. public schools. And that's our job is to go to those schools. Listen, I don't understand, Heidi, why we have ministries going into churches. Ministries are meant to go out the doors. So we have... The ability right now to go to the world and share this love that we have. And it's love that's tangible. It's a love that transforms, right? And we're, we're, right now, I think the more we speak boldly and what I see all over the country, every place I've been to, I'm seeing people stand up. I'm seeing people wake up. Um, can you yeah. speak to that? Because there's a lot of hope happening. And what I tell people yeah. is the hope is in Christ, but it's in you because you've been destined with something in your heart. Listen, I don't give a crap if it's planting flowers. You plant flowers in the name of Jesus and go save souls. You do what you're called to do and you'll see yeah. them. Let you be the natural. Let him be the super. And I want you yeah. to talk about that because I know that you really have a heart and a passion to see people follow their calling. Even young people, man, young people don't realize the power that's in them. And man, when you start encouraging that and you say Christ made you for this reason, that this, what a perfect time to live right now. What a yeah, perfect yeah. opportunity to show the power of God. It's no different than what the founders had, but we have a great yep. God that can do the same thing twice. And I really want you to comment on that because I love when you spoke, you really gave me hope at the end. Yeah. Well, I think, look at one of the things that we're supposed to be doing as Christians is to be finding the unique thing that God said he created you to do. So we know because God's word says that God's created you on purpose with a purpose. Every single person that's listening to this, God has something very unique that he wants you to do. One of the reasons we started the Homeschool Resource Center here in Vancouver was so that we could help parents fold their kids where they're bent. So we're not all going to have the gift of evangelism. We don't all have the gift of teaching. We don't all have the gift of help, whatever those spiritual gifts are. But we all have a gift, and God wants you to use it right where you are. Come so on. for me, that's encouraging people to say, hey, why don't you find out what you can do? It, what's really bothering you? So we'll, I'll ask the teens when they come to the Resource Center, what issue is it? that just that keeps you up at night? What is it that you 100%. just go, man, I, I want to get involved. I want to do something. And then don't let somebody tell you that you can't do it. 
don't let somebody tell you that what you're doing is insignificant. I mean, this is why uh, we focus so much on the on the uh, national election, right? We're focused so much, and obviously, you know, my hat, like Jesus is my savior and Trump's my president. Of course, I'm focused <laughs> on the national election, but the truth of the matter is, those local elections matter as much, if not more. Totally. Because if we can't if we can't see what's happening locally, parents get on the library board. Do you like it when your kids go to the library? Look at the garbage that they're putting out into our kids right now. Find out what's happening in the public schools. Get invited involved in the fight against a comprehensive sex education. Get on the boards of your Socialism, local school district. Straight up Marxism. Oh my goodness, it's Marxism, uh, and really we're seeing it. And actually, I mean, this is a conversation for another day. But if you study Revelation. You know, the Bible talks about the one world government and my goodness, we're seeing that now, right? We're seeing a push by globalists for a one world government. This is an amazing time to be a Christian, to study God's Dude, word. Come on. But the the uh, government that the book of Revelation describes is a Marxist government. And oh my goodness, if we're not seeing that now. And look at all these kids who've been brainwashed in the public school systems for the last 35, 40, 50 years who are like, yeah, Marxism, that's a good idea. Socialism seems like it works, even though they can see Venezuela burn to the ground. 100%. They still think, well, maybe we could do it right here in the United States. No, we won't because it's a system of government. It's never worked and it never will work. And I'm always telling kids, get involved. So the big theme of my ministry for the last 15 years has been get off the bench. Get off the bench. Get onto the battlefield. Find your voice. Ask the Lord to help you use it. You know, what is it that you are uniquely called and gifted to do? Uh, and then I think particularly for married couples, oh, my goodness, you guys, God brings you together because there's something you can do together better than you could have done apart. Otherwise, God Ooh. wouldn't do it because he told Paul, Paul said, dude, better for you to be single. And we all know why. Right. Let's just be honest for half a second. All right. So we all we all know why marriage. And I, I you know, I've been married for 31 years to my very best friend in the whole wide world. Marriage is work. Hey, Jay. Marriages work. I know Jay's like, yeah, you right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you I'm know? the brains, right? <laughs> That's that right. But we've been for the last 15 years, Jay and I as a couple, taking our seven children around the country and speaking to audiences all across the country and even around the world you. because that was the gift that God gave us that we could do together. That was the thing that we could do better together than we could do apart. And parents need to recognize you can start and kids, teenagers, oh my goodness, start right where you are right now. Uh, we're watching some of our kids, our young, our young adults, uh, really get involved in issues that are happening right here locally. Amen. I'm watching my kids find their uh, voice, and that's what we want. Dude, and you know power. what, parents, you can't give what you don't. You can't give what you don't have. You can't pass on what you don't possess. And so, if you want to see your kid be a world changer, it starts with you, right? That's it exactly starts it. with with me taking responsibility for what it is that I am called to do. What can I? What difference can I make? And I'm just really, really, Massey, I'm just so tired. I'm just so tired of the excuses that I hear parents make all the time. I don't have time. Uh, I'm busy. I this, I that, while we're watching our nation literally burn to the ground. Mm -hmm. And parents are making all these excuses as to why that's not their problem. And boy, if there ever was a time for people to get off the bench, I it's know. right now. I know. And so I got to say something here. Jody Stanton says hi. She said hi. I Heidi love Jody. Yeah, she's awesome, man. She I met her at a at a conference at a, at a homeschool conference. She's amazing. Um, right on. And, and, and one of the one, as I'm talking to you, as as I'm hearing you, I seriously I I come to this conclusion a lot. When Hebrews 11 was written in Hebrews 12, it says we were surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. We had. We were we had examples of men who literally stood up against an oppressive nation like a Daniel. When the king writes the edict, then he goes and prays openly. He knew what was coming. So then the edict gets written and then he goes and prays. So he knew he was going to yes. defy. He was going to be civilly disobedient. Um, and right now, like, I don't think we've had a mask. I don't think I've wore a mask. I think I wore it once. You know what I mean? I went into a dude. I, I don't know if you saw this picture. <laughs> but I, I went into a Mexican restaurant with my wife and a few other people and they gave me a mask and I wore it here. I wore it underneath my chin and I said, hey, is this how this thing works? I don't I don't understand how these operate. And I said, oh, it's a food catcher. It's this is where I catch my food. So it doesn't my shirt. And and I was so frustrated because it, it's you know, they, they just they fell in line with it. I'm not mad at the store. I'm yep. not mad at the store yep. owners. They're, they're 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 in their in their mind doing what they're told. And I get it. I completely understand. But I asked the guy, I said, so you're going to let me walk six feet and then yep. I get to sit down and I don't need the yep. so the so the virus quits traveling when I sit down. Like, is that how yep. this works? And he's like, look, yep. sir, I, I don't I don't really want any trouble. We've lost a lot of business. And right there, I felt compassion. I kind of repented a little bit. I was like, OK, Lord, I was in the flesh. Obviously, I was I shouldn't have been that way. Yep. Um, but 
yeah. even with this whole mask thing, you've been kind of getting a lot of flack for this. You were in the Rolling Stone here just recently about it. Uh, they and, love and stuff, me at Rolling Stone. Yeah, obviously. Um, you know, just 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 with these mandates in general. I think, yeah. and maybe I'm wrong here, but this was a precursor to, to, to future stuff, Mark of the Beast type stuff. You know what I mean? How, yeah. how much can we push the people? How far can we push them? Well, and, it's social conditioning. A hundred percent social conditioning. And you know what? I think uh, more and more we have a chance. And, and, you know, people are waking up. I got to say this. People are waking up. They're waking up to the fact that there's people out there willing to take a stand. And now they're starting to listen. They're starting to say, wait a minute, this is ridiculous. I mean, we've been doing this for a long while here now, right? And the curve's right. flattening, and people see it now. We even said it to the county commissioners. Our, our pastor's wife went to the last meeting. You know what's crazy about that, too? And I'm not trying to brag on this, but we were the only church in the county that went to that meeting. The only church represented. And it's not like a bragging thing. I'm not trying to brag about that. What I'm saying is you have the largest voice in America. Yep. Yep. You do. Yep. And all you have to do Use is your open voice. It. Yeah. yeah. All you have to do is open it. And even now, yeah. when I look at Hebrews 11, I look at guys like William Wilberforce. Yeah. And it, and it really hits your heart because it's like, Lord, look, I didn't ask for this, but I'll fight if you want me to. And if this is what you, I look at my kids now. I'm thinking to myself, if daddy don't do, if mama don't do what she preaches or he preaches, yeah. they're going to do the same thing I said to my parents. And I'm not saying they're hypocrites now, but I said that to them. I don't want yep. them to curse me when they get older. I don't yep. want them to look at me on my deathbed and say, man, he did nothing for me. And that's my encouragement to parents is, dude, one day your kids are going to look at you. And this isn't just to do it for them. It's your walk before the Lord. And I'm going to say something to all you parents and people who are listening. Listen to me. God's not going to say to you, well done, thou good and successful servant. He's going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. It does not matter about your success. It matters if you listen to him and did what you were called to do. Yeah, and he'll yeah. take care of the successes. I look at you and I look at your ministry and I'm so dang, like, girl, first off, maybe this doesn't mean anything coming from me, but I'm so dang proud of you. I'm proud of your family. I'm proud of how you stand. I'm proud of what it takes to go because nobody sees the behind the scenes, right? Nobody sees the sacrifices. Nobody understands. And yeah, we do it willfully. We'll do it willfully. It, it is. But nobody sees what goes on behind the scenes. Nobody sees those times where you were out speaking and maybe your kids needed something or your husband needed something. Nobody sees uh, those things. I want you to encourage them in that realm that, hey, it will be difficult. It may be hard, but the end is worth more than all the means, John Adams said. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I think that there's nothing that's worth doing in this life that's easy. Nothing. I mean, you guys have been married more than five minutes than you know. If you're shepherding kids, then you know. Uh, there have been many times. I mean, you've seen me out on the road now. I mean, the last place that we were at was uh, this five-star hotel in Florida that's really operating more like a one-star hotel right now because the <laughs> Rona might get you, right? So, oh, God, don't, uh, go, don't go in the pool. Please don't. Mm -mm. No, I saw people in the pool with masks on. Why? Because we are literally a nation under the grip of a spirit. The Bible says fear is a spirit. And if the church can't get this, if the church doesn't understand that uh, that there is a spirit attached to us, I was telling my husband the other day, I literally am watching this spirit, like sort of, you know, sitting on people's shoulders. You know, he whispers in your ears, the Rona yeah, might yeah. get you. You know, the Rona <laughs> might get you. So you need, you need that mask on when you're in a pool. You need the mask on when you're in a car by yourself. You need a mask on when you're on a boat. Uh, it's crazy. It's just crazy. And to me, there's not, we're not going to make any, and I was talking to an audience in uh, Kansas City a few weeks ago. And uh, one of the one of the women said, she's like, Heidi, I work at a hospital. She goes, everybody that works at the hospital with me, they all know this mask thing is stupid. Like if if you want if you're trying to protect yourself from a virus, then you got to have goggles. You got to have a respirator. You got to have a hazmat suit. These these crazy masks we're wearing, it doesn't it's not doing anything at all. We all know mm -hmm. that. But she said nobody wants to say anything because we're going to lose our job. That's so we we can't true. actually say the truth or we're going to get fired. She said, what should we do? And I said, listen, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. Somebody's going to have to get fired. Somebody's, Somebody's going to have to go to jail. Yeah. Somebody's going to have to go to jail. Somebody's going to have to be the person that takes the fall. And unless if no one's if no one's willing to do that, what would have happened if there had no if there had not been a Ben Franklin and a Paul Revere and a Thomas Straight Jefferson up. and a John Adams and a George Washington? What Straight would have up. happened if there wasn't a John Hancock? What would have happened if we if we if all these guys who frankly all had successful businesses of their own, they had farms, they they were successful businessmen, they put that stuff on hold 
because they saw that their uh, that their country, this 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 brand new country, was yeah. not going to make it unless they got off the bench and onto Belfia. And we are there right now. We're yeah. there right now. And so when parents say to me, "I don't know what I can do. I don't have a voice." Yes, you do. You could you could put a table up in front of your local grocery store and you could say, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm registering people to vote." Or we could say, "Hey, these are the issues that are on the ballot right now." Uh, change my mind. I love you know I love to watch uh, Louder with Crowder. You know he gets yeah, out dude. there and he's just like. Change Change my mind, dude. He's I awesome, just, dude. Every time I hear that guy, I'm just hooting and hollering like, yes, yes, yes. Why? Because he's willing to have the hard conversations. We're going to have to be willing. So you got to be willing to engage. For, when Jay and I are out on the road with our with our family, when we're out there with our kids, uh, it's rough. You know, yep. there have been a lot of things that have happened. My husband, we were just in Fort Collins, Colorado. Nobody in our family wears masks. And uh, because it's a garbage, you guys take the mask off your face. It doesn't help at all. It's absolutely social conditioning. They're going to see how far they can push you. I kind of wonder if they said, hey, everybody, get on your hands and knees. The virus only hovers at two feet. So if you could stay below that all the time, you won't get the Rona. I kind of think a whole bunch of people would do it. I think we start seeing people crawling on their hands and feet because we're so afraid of dying. We've forgotten how to live. And we will, we are willing in this country. This is so incredibly sad to me. We are willing in this country to trade our freedom and our liberty for a false sense of security. Now mm -hmm. you're watching the governor in Virginia, Governor Northam, saying he's going to mandate a vaccine for everybody who lives in Virginia. Wake up. This has never been about, about a virus. We, this is not about flattening a curve. It's about flattening a nation. And the only way we're going to be able to fight back is if we become, again, the land of the brave. We're not the land of the brave. We're not the greatest. What happened to the greatest generation? Those guys are rolling in their graves right now. That's they're right. watching us and they're just like, really? We died for this? We died so that these people could cower in their homes and put a face diaper on yeah. their faces because of a virus with a point zero zero two percent kill rate doesn't make any sense at all. And 100%. when you see these Christians come out with these garbage, you know, uh, statements about faith and science and how the Matthew 25 says we should get a vaccine, people need to start doing their homework. Why would these guys say, oh, we're supposed to get a vaccine? Oh, because they can, they're going to make money off of it. They, they straight are. up are. And, and we're not paying thing. attention to that stuff. It's the same thing Margaret Sanger did when she got the churches on board to promote Planned Parenthood. Yep. She had to get the black ministers involved. She had to somehow coerce the people to say, look, this is something good. This is just planning. It's all this other stuff. And you know, it's funny. We'll quote Matthew 25. We'll quote 1 Peter 2. We'll quote Romans 13, all these things. But what about those scriptures that Christ said about lay hands on the sick and they shall recover? What yeah. about having the anointing that Peter had when he walked and that just by the shadow they were touched? Why is it we're not talking about the stories when they knelt down with the beggar and he rose up and he walked. And what about the when, when he healed men with, with uh, leprosy? What about yeah. uh, raising people from the dead like a Lazarus? Why don't we say those scriptures? Because those still exist today. I remember when we stayed open as a church, Pastor yeah. Todd was very clear about staying open through the whole thing, uh, you know, through the whole pandemic. And we were being told and we got some guff for it, which is okay. We knew that would happen. Uh, but I remember we just looked at each other and we said, you know, this isn't about making a political statement. God told me to start this church, not a government. You're and missional. So, that's exactly it. Why is yeah. it that we're shutting the doors when we're the ones with the answers? Okay, you know, so what? this is another thing that just this just this just chaps my hide. I mean, you brought it up, so this is your fault. But I I just no, think, we're good. boy, we're like these churches that are closing, right? And somebody said to me, "Well, Heidi, the the uh, the theaters are closed, and they're not crying foul over it. They're not suing the federal government to stay open. Uh, and why are the churches doing it? Because the theaters are not missional in nature." Theaters are just—they're just there to make money. They're completely content to take a bunch of money from the government and stay closed for as long as the government's gonna, you know, gonna make sure that they're—they're going to get their theater open eventually. The church is missional in nature. We're 100%. not here to take money from the government. We're not here to uh, make sure that people get a service from us. We're here because we're That's obeying right. the Lord. That's and right. all of a sudden, we let the government come in and tell us who was essential and who wasn't. Uh, you know, we're over here at the Homeschool Resource Center and we're open. And we're getting ready to open, you know, start classes again. And somebody was at a, a meeting that we had the other day. And he said, what are you guys going to do if the government comes in and closes you again? And I said, uh, I will never. And I mean, I did it the first time because I, I was just taken off guard like most everybody. Like most everybody. You know, we, yeah. Yeah. Like we closed for like, I think, four or five weeks, which was horrible. Uh, but 
I said, I'm never, ever, ever going to let the government tell me again who's essential and who isn't. You will never convince me that a government that would rip the unborn from the womb of its mothers, rip its hands and its feet up and suck its brains out, cares one whit about your health and safety. They don't care. They care about your tax dollars, dude. They don't care about your health. They don't care about your safety. This is political. That's why I keep calling it a scamdemic. That's why I keep calling the Rona a scamdemic. Not that the virus isn't real. The virus is real. But there are plenty more viruses who are a lot more dangerous than the Rona out there. Are we going to shut down for every little virus now that comes along? Church, do you believe that your days have been ordained for you? If you do, then start acting like it. Instead, we act like, oh, my goodness, we're so afraid of this, of the possibility of getting sick. I know Christians, Massey, that haven't come out of their houses straight up since February. I know. What's what's going on, man? That's fear. Yeah. And and it's, you know, listen, if you're prone and susceptible to to sickness or whatever, you want to wear a mask. Look, I ain't even tripping about it. It's when they force you to do it. When a government comes in forces. Right. It's just like, look, you know driving my car when the government, I mean, how far does this go? Really? Hey, we're going to have everybody drive a car uh, in America. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to get rid of all gas guzzlers and go electric. That's it. This is where they're going with these things. This is how far it goes. Notice how government always grows through fear. Yep. Always. Yep. Always. When, 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 when 9-11 happened, the the TSA only grew. It has never been reduced. Why is it that in America you're guilty till proven innocent? which it shouldn't be that way. We're innocent till proven guilty. But when I go yep. through an airport, I'm the one that's looked at as the criminal. I'm the one that's yep. like, has to be searched. I'm just flying on a plane, bro. Like you could even yep. look it up. I don't have anything wrong here. Um, even uh, we went to another store here just recently, my wife and I, and I, I got really frustrated, not because he was like, you need to wear a mask. By the way, there was 12 of us. And when we said we're leaving, he was like, hold on, give me five minutes. He didn't want to lose the $300 that we were going to spend there, uh, which is funny because <laughs> he let us all in. But I remember my wife looked at me. She was like, why are you so you seem kind of mad, you know? And I said, sweetheart, I just I feel like it's it's it angers me that I they make me feel like I'm the one doing something wrong and I'm not the one doing something wrong. Why is it called rebelling when they're the ones being rebellious against God's word? Not me. That's right. I'm only responding to what they're doing. And that's where Christians need to stand. We're not being rebellious when a government tries to take over God's authority. God's authority is very strong, very true, very powerful. And I'm not the one being rebellious. I'm just calling out their stuff. And it's like, you want to you want to talk about something we should be quoting? Why don't we quote uh, Matthew 18? A lot of our Congress right? say they're Christian. Why don't we call out their crap and say, look, I'm going to go with you. Bro. And, and I'm, listen, I said that wrong. Call out their sin. Call out their misgivings, their, their, what, what they're doing wrong before the Lord. With a brother and say, look, this is wrong, Nancy. You say you're a Christian. You can support this and advocate this dude, by the way. I remember when the Rona first started. I remember, and I have it on a podcast. I'm actually going to look it up. First thing I said was they're going to try to get rid of the debates if Joe Biden becomes the the, the, the nominee. Right, because we all know you, you can't it. handle it. You just <laughs> knew it. They yeah, had to keep right. this thing going this long because uh, he can't debate. He won't no, debate. No, he can't. I want to watch, so, though, but I'd pay money to watch. I, same here. I mean, it's, it's like, look, he tore he tore Hillary Clinton apart. He did. Yeah. There's no question. Imagine what he's going to do to Joe. And you know what? President wait. Trump would do well to say, you are, you've been in Congress longer than most of these young people have been alive. And look at our country. It's not my fault. Yep. You allowed it. You guys have allowed yep. this. And you know what? Yep. It's funny, parents. I got to say this, too. Socialism is being disguised and being hidden under the guise of racism. That socialism yep. doesn't work. And it's not socialism. They're saying it's because racism is oppressing people. No, no. It's their socialist policies. And you have to be awakened to this stuff. And you can be awake to this stuff. And you can do something. And look at, at what's funny is, what is it? John, Thomas Jefferson said, with one man, with God, one man is the majority. Um, don't look. and Look in scripture if you want to. No scriptural character ever had a majority to win his battles or her battles. Never. So don't look for the majority to join you. It may be yeah. where you be a lone ranger, but God will provide God will always come through and be on your side, especially when it's done for him. And if you become... Well, God bless nobody is the majority. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. And you may have to, like you said, you may have to become the martyr. You may have to be the the one that goes to jail. You may be the one that has to, you know, keep the doors open and get the flag. But the courage that you put in someone when you get persecuted, that's when the church grows. Because people start to see the blood of Christ being redeemed through his people. Listen, what the other thing too, and maybe you can speak to this one, Heidi. Christ promised we'd be persecuted. 
especially for standing on his word. What say you to that? Well, uh, the church has done again. I'm back to the sloppy agape in the church. You know, we've been talking about we've heard Joel Osteen now for, you know, 30 years talk about how God wants his wife to have a great parking spot at Macy's. And somehow that's become sort of the mantra of the church. But Jesus actually if if uh, Jesus said in this world, you will have trouble. He said, but take heart, I've overcome the world. All these people that say, oh, you know, uh, God, God wants me to be happy. No, God wants you to be holy. God wants you to walk (laughs) with him. God wants you to know his word. And and actually, as we walk with the Lord, we learn more and more every day, right? Uh, This is tough. It's hard to be a a Christian who actually holds the authority of God's word and teaches the authority and how God's word is relevant to every aspect of your life. You will be persecuted for it, but you're in pretty good company. Things didn't end well for most of the disciples. And it really flies in the face of the modern, you know, word of faith movement and the prosperity gospel and all these people who are buying jets and mansions. 100%. On the back of people who think if they give them their money that God's going to bless them. Well, that's nowhere in the Bible. Nowhere in scripture. You know what God does say? He says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Come on. He said that you can you can walk with him and he can give you peace in the midst of, of, of panic, right? Yeah, Jody's right. To live is Christ and to die is gain. And I think that's why when we talk about, uh, you know, being afraid of the Rona or whatever, dude, I'm, I'm not afraid to die. I'm ready to go. Like if God yeah, takes- Yeah, it's your time. It's your time. Car, I know. I'm going to be like, see ya, I'm out. Like I want to hear- <laughs> Well done, you know, good and faithful servant. I want to be, I want to, I want to be, I want to hear that from the Lord. That's more important to me than any other thing. I want to address something really quickly. You were talking about Matthew 18 and how the churches need to start uh, talking about this more. I would say a a podcast listener asked me this the other day, and I, I don't know if I got to address it at the podcast yet, but I want to. So a podcast listener said, okay, so Heidi, why, how can you support President Trump? President Trump supports homosexual, homosexuality and homosexual marriage. And how could he do that as a Christian? My answer was, first of all, I don't know that the guy's a Christian. I, I never said I'm supporting him because he's a Christian. I've never heard Donald Trump say, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I, I've accepted him. I'm born again. And so I'm going to assume, since I've never heard him say that, that he's not yet born again. But I know that he's surrounded by people who are born again. And so the culture has, it's the culture that has accepted homosexuality. It's the culture that said that that uh, gay marriage is cool in the sight of God. And these progressive churches, I know lots of people who claim to be Christians who would agree with the culture on that. So when people say to me, how can you support uh, this guy because he's not, he's not acting like a Christian? My first response always is, well, is he a Christian? Mm. You know, as, as believers, we are called to use discernment. Right. We're called to look at situations and go, boy, I don't know if that guy has a spirit of God or if he doesn't. So I'm going to go ahead and look at what is the platform that we're voting for. I love that Charlie Kirk said last week that Christians need to wake up. We're not voting for a human being. We're not voting for Donald Trump. We're voting for a worldview. We're voting for uh, less government. We're voting for, I mean, I'm hoping I agree with you, Massey, the, uh, the Republicans have done an abysmal job of standing for life, particularly in the first two years of the Trump administration when they had both the House and the Senate and they fell on their faces and rolled down the stairs right in front of us who put him in office. We were just like, what? Uh, I, I don't actually understand right now. You guys have an opportunity and you cotton pick and blew it. And so now then we went ahead, we lost the House, still have the Senate, but we lost the House. We have a chance now to get the House back and have the Senate and have the presidency and actually do something. I was very, very pleased and very, very encouraged that for the first time ever in my life, I saw uh, I saw Abby Johnson give like a full rebuke of abortion. Like she said right in front of everybody, do you guys know that abortion has a smell? Do you know what happens in an abortion? She described an abortion, how a baby will work to get away from the suction before finally succumbing to it. I've never seen the Republicans do that. We just go, yeah, yeah, we're pro-life and we wave the banner. She straight up laid it out. And that's what needs to happen. And people need to stop glossing over things and we need to stop making excuses. And I'm so sick and tired of these sanctimonious, self-righteous, pharisaical Christians who say, well, I can't vote for Donald Trump because he was divorced three times. Wake up, you guys. The adversary would love to use our um, our our morality, our sense of self-righteousness to propagate and prop up and propel a seriously evil worldview in our country. And so to me, you know, part of what I've been doing around the country is just to say, listen, we got to wake up. We got to we got to recognize we're voting for a worldview here. We got to say, listen, let's fill let's fill our uh, our local 
positions of leadership from the city councils to the library boards to the school boards with people who 100%. fear the lord you know instead 100%. of all these this fake christianity that frankly we see in congress yep. and in the house of representatives i mean and in the senate i'm just sick of it Woo! i'm 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 on i'm on the page and i'll i'll, I'll be crystal clear about this um, I was on the same page. I remember the first couple of years, I'm like, I can't support this guy. You know, he just, yeah. you know, and, and all these things. And then I, you know, one of my dear friends, um, and I finally got back to this thinking again. Uh, one of my dear friends uh, here in Florida, he's a, he's a national speaker as well. Um, he, he basically looked at me and he said, Massey, your standards are fantastic. Like you, you, the way you're standard, the way you think about the Constitution and how highly you revere the word of God and how highly, you know, you want the nation to run. He's like, but we're as a nation back here and you're up here and you need to come here to bring us back up. And he goes, yep. the voice that you have is important, but you have to educate the people to understand that that's what it takes. And it really convicted me that my wife says this saying all the time, and I don't know who she got it from, but she says, those of you who discern, Discernment is not to nitpick. Discernment is to take people to the throne room. So if you're discerning that there's something off with Donald Trump, you can nitpick all you want. You can We can sit there and say the church is stupid and terrible, but the bottom line is your good works will reprove that. So our job right now is to say, look, he's the best option we got as far as, because this is how far America's gotten, that we had to elect a businessman to get the nation back on track. I mean, this is how bad it got. Let's be honest here. I'm not saying he's perfect or imperfect, whatever. It took yeah, a business dude. When we didn't elect a pastor. I know that. But this is the best shot we got to get the republic back in its current state, right? Because to turn this ship is huge. And guys, I just came to this conclusion again. I was like, man, I was flailing. Oh, can I vote for this? Should I vote for the Constitution Party? Should I? But I'm like, you know, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm at this place in my heart where it's like, Lord, unless I pull this boat up, I can't complain about it. I got to pull it up. No. And, and no. so right now, people like yourself, people like a Dave Barton, people... You know, us, Institute on the Constitution, other ministries, Chris Ann Hall. I mean, my gosh, we've got a lot of people right now that have the same message, but we have to go with what we got so that we can continue to educate and have the word of God educate as well. Um, you know, to turn a church and an entire nation, uh, it's going to take the, the unity of the, the spirit. It's going to take the unity oh, of the is. spirit and the bond of peace. So, yeah. It and we keep talking about pastors, you know, people say, well, Donald Trump, you know, we didn't elect a pastor. I'm like, I am not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. I can't think of very many pastors I'd want in the White House. I mean, I really can't. Uh, we're, we're looking at, Thanks. you know. Thanks, you girl. Know. I appreciate that. I'm kidding. I'm sorry. I may, like, I may run I, one day. Well, if you run, I'll vote for I might run. I mean, for goodness sake. Someone actually. Girl. This is, this is, this is my amazing. Promise, I got my promise to you, you run. Girl, I will knock on, I'm serious. I'll go 50 states and knock on them doors, girl. I'm telling you. And I know <laughs> half the people in America would too. <laughs> well, this is awesome. I got asked to run for Congress this year and uh, I, I'm in the middle, of, I'm finishing up a book right now. And I just, I believe very, with my whole heart, I got to finish obligations before I take to any more opportunities. So yeah. I had these obligations in front of me. And besides, I said, I don't want to run for Congress. I would go insane sitting in a group <laughs> of, you know, 230 people who I was just like, no, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. That's not right. Ooh, that's terrible. Bad idea. And then get voted down. I don't want to do that. I want to be a, Dude. I want to be a governor. I was mm -hmm. like, listen, I want to be a governor is like the CEO of your state. Like that's if right. I'm going to run for something, that's what I run for. <laughs> And now we've all seen like the but, damage the governors can do, right? I know the I know the names of right. most of the governors in the United States right now. You know, all these crazy people, Governor oh. Northam, Governor Whitmer, Governor Newsom, Governor yeah. Inslee, Governor yeah, Brown, Santis. all these they're, yeah. Oh, they're communists. I'm Walls, like, oh yeah. my goodness. Oh my goodness. It's funny, yeah. my wife said something to me. She said the best thing that could have happened was this because now people are paying attention to their local politics. We didn't it's even true. know who our city commissioners were who our county commissioners were, who was on the school board. Now everybody's saying, holy smokes, because here DeSantis did right. DeSantis totally said, right. I cannot, he said, I cannot pass a mask mandate because it's unconstitutional. Well, then our county started doing it. It's like, well, how could you, the counties don't have the authority to do that, right? So yet, it made us all take a step back and say, wait a minute, we neglected our local politics. And look what happened. They were filled with people who don't, they hate God. They hate law. They do. And they want to rule you. And so now yeah. it's put us all in this position of, holy smokes, wait a minute. Cool. President, we know who we're going to vote for. But man, that yep. school board is jacked. Our, our county oh. commissioners are messed up, you know. And, and I think now is a good chance for us to really bite into this one. And, you know, again, some of you, listen to me. Some of you may be called to be a county commissioner. And I love it when people say, dude, there is no way. 
I promise you, you're probably that person. Because if it's yep. impossible, I promise God put it in you. It's supposed to be impossible. <laughs> Faith is supposed to be hard. It's supposed to be where it's like, no, Lord, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm, I'm only seeking you because I don't know what I'm doing. So that's not Satan pushing you to God. It's him pushing you to himself. Like th- there has to be an impossibility. I remember when we started doing public schools, we heard this all the time. There's no way you can get into public schools. And I'm not saying we've gotten into every one. I was in another ministry that used to do public schools. And, and, and it's not that we get in every one, but you're never going to know until you knock. You're never going to know right. until you go. And it's like, here we are just giving them truth. These kids have never heard this before. They don't hear this kind of God. They don't hear that God is real and that he loves them so much that he died for them. And then he died to transform them, regenerate them, the spirit of God, that he can do something. That depression is only a symptom of their conviction, that they're inwardly so convicted by their sin that they don't know what else to do. And so now they have this chance to be born again by Christ and and, and be born of the spirit to actually give them a purpose in life that they don't need an antidepressant, yeah. that they need the yeah. Holy Ghost. And so here we are saying, Lord, look, we can do this together. If we can do this, uh, not only together, but girl, I'm telling you, I would love, I, 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 and I was telling Carrie this, I said, I would love to speak with her. I think it'd be fun to, 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 to just like speak together. Uh, but I know I'm, we should. I'm encouraged so much by you. And first off, thank you for, or lastly, uh, wasn't she supposed to be on for 20 minutes? <laughs> well, no, now it's a full-on podcast, babe. My wife just texted me. I'm sorry, babe. No. Uh, and, and, but it just I, I took the whole that, hour, as is my cousin. No, 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 no. Because I, I, our, our late-night lives, when I do them during the week, are about 20 minutes. Um, so, But, like, what, who the heck cares? We're, we're, we're on here. Oh, for yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Um, but I, I'll say this. Look, uh, we're approaching the hour, but... Um, I want to thank you for coming on our podcast. You, you didn't look at me and say, well, you're probably a smaller ministry. I, I don't have time for that. The fact that you came on board with it and, and, and gave us the encouragement, your passion gives me courage. Your, your standing gives me courage. You inspire uh, a lot of people. And, and that's what I love is when we get people on here that inspire people to move forward. I'm honored to serve with you and your family. Mm-hmm. And I want you to know that we're praying for you. Um, those shirts are coming in the mail. The, the pre-existing I know I can't wait yeah, you know me we, we, I don't actually like to wear a shirt unless I can make a statement that's how I feel about hats that's how I really? feel about clothes in general yeah it's just how I am <laughs> no and uh, like I said we're, we're just honored thank you for, for for being on the show with us Heidi can you give people where they can reach you so that we can get uh, some people going to get some, some traffic yeah so uh, I run a ministry to women uh, called mom strong international and we have about 17,000 women over there writing out God's word with us every month. We do a study that releases on the first Monday of every month, a Bible study. We are going to start the first Monday of September through the book of First Peter. And then we're going to transition into studying the book of Revelation. So October, November, possibly December, uh, we're going to be studying the book of Revelation. Super excited about that. I have a passion to see you guys study God's word to know it. Come I've on. written a whole bunch of books. You can find them, you know, everywhere. Uh <laughs> So that's what's that um, like? What's that like? Uh, I've never written a book. I don't want to. Oh my goodness! Well, I'm writing one right now. I'm um, I'm finishing up a 365 day devotional for mothers, and so that will release I think sometime next year if I can actually finish it. Pray for me. Uh, and then we've started the Homeschool Resource Center. So the first one of its kind anywhere in the nation. We had 700 registrations here last year. This year we're going to have oh probably at least double that. Um. We are located in Vancouver, Washington, and you can find that at fphrc.org. It's Firmly Planted Homeschool Resource Center. My husband and I are really prayerfully considering helping other people start these where they live. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just really believe that if people had options, they wouldn't put their kids in the garbage public school system. And it is garbage. It's straight up garbage. And so garbage in, garbage out. You know, you put your kids into these systems and they come out full of garbage. Uh, That's to me, that is that is something that we need to address. So I also sit on the board of HSLDA and uh, just passionate about homeschooling. So and passionate about being married. So Jay and I have seven kids and uh, obviously 31 years being married. Seven children. You're wow. I know Jay's looking at me like, yeah, you you right. You right. That's right. You know, I'm the most I'm the most Amish an uh, Amish person that you'll know probably. So <laughs> No, it's all good. Uh Heidi, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm just going to do some 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 things here. 
Um, guys, again, uh, thanks for tuning into the podcast. Listen, if you guys go on to theselfevidenttruth.com, you guys can find out more about uh, about what we're doing. Uh, go to 1776truth.store. You guys can get all of our new merch. You can also get $60 off our new course, which is Government versus God. And we have a new one coming out. If you guys see it on the screen right now, it's called Church Liberated, a course for pastors. I believe as a pastor, I had the opportunity to say, now I can teach this to pastors. And they can't say, well, you're not a pastor. Well, now I am. So now we have the opportunity <laughs> and have the open door to do that. And so, again, Heidi, I just, I, I'm just i going to give you kudos again. Thank you so much for, for joining us here. And let's do it again in the future, if you don't mind. we we got a lot of stuff to cover and how to fix it. What is it that you hashtag? we got a country to save. Isn't that, uh, what, what's his name? We've we, got a, that's Larry Con- Elder. And I'll, I'm going to be right. actually speaking with him in Southern California coming up here in September. So I'm excited about that. But I love his hashtag. That's Larry Elder. We've got a country to save. And my hashtag really is off the bench. So I'm just going to encourage you guys, get off the bench, get onto the battlefield. We do have a country to save. And uh, we actually have a message that people need to hear, and that message is the gospel. It'd be a whole lot harder to share it if the communists take over. So uh, let's get out there. That's right. Amen. (laughs) Well, thank you again, guys, so much for tuning in. God bless you. We'll see you on Saturday night, 7 p.m., guys. God bless.